You're listening to a Sunday morning sermon by Authentic Church. This morning I want to talk to you about three key words. I want to talk about love, share and belong. And we felt that um, for those of you who have heard of things like TripAdvisor, or if you go for a meal you're asked to rate something, there were sort of three words that we would love people to describe authentic church. And in fact, not just authentic church, but any church. And these three words we came up with were love, share and belong. And we would love people to say that when they've been to church and they've been to authentic, that, wow, they love God. Wow, they love each other. I felt loved. They love well in that church. We'd love people to say, wow, they really shared. They shared with me. They shared of themselves. They shared what they had. And they shared their faith in a very real and authentic way. And we'd love people to say, I felt like I belonged. I felt like I was home. And I knew that I belonged to God in that place. Now, we don't have TripAdvisor for churches. It's probably just as well. Um, But those are our words. But let's see what the word, let's see what scripture has to see about these words. Because without the word of God behind them, they are nothing more than my words. 1 John 4, 8 goes as far as to say, God is love. And we know from that famous verse in John three sixteen to 17, that our heavenly father loves us so much that he sent his only God, his only son to die. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. When I was preparing this and I was thinking about this word and I was going through my sermon this morning, a word leapt out at me, which was the word condemn. And I just want to say, if there's anyone here this morning that feels condemned then I just want to say that's not of God. It says here in verse 17, God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save it. Now, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you, that's different. But if you're feeling condemned this morning, then I just want to say to you, that is not of God. That is not of God. Now, the love of God and Jesus' love for us is not just a Hollywood love this thing that hollywood makes of it no verse 17 says but god sent his son into the world to save the world but what does god's love what does jesus love save us from his love saves us from our sins and our wrong choices His love saves us from our past. His love saves us from our present challenges. His love saves us from an eternity without love. 
His love saves us from the thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. His love saves us and gives us life. And not just a half life of survival, but a full life, a rich, abundant and satisfying life. But how did God's love achieve that? How did Jesus achieve that? He achieved it by sacrificing himself on a cross. God loves us. He sent his son Jesus to prove that to us. And his love saves us. But God's love and love that we talk about is a two-way thing. Because Jesus um, says, and he gives us another commandment. He said this, a teacher of the law once tried to trick Jesus and asked him, of all the commandments, which is the greatest? And Jesus replied and said this in Mark 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. How do we love God? Well, we love God in worship. We love God in our praying. And we love God in our giving of ourselves and the things that we have. So God loves us. God wants us to love him, but there's one more element to the love that we talk about. John 13, 34 to 35 says this, Jesus says to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We want people who don't know Jesus to see us and say, I want what they have. We want our love for one another to set us apart. We want to see God's love manifested by meeting every human need. Now, that's a wide challenge, but I believe God sets the bar high for a reason. God gave everything for us and I believe he wants us to give everything for him in love. Now there's one thing we can say, I love God or I love you. I could, Tammy, we've been married, she just shared this morning that for 29 years, this year, still got it wrong, this year. But I could say to Tammy, I love her, but if I never showed that love, it would be meaningless. Love will set us apart. Our love for God and our love for one another. Love will motivate us to meet every human need. So love, number one, is not just because we think it's a great idea, but God that's started with love. God is love. And he asks us to love others. The second is share. One of my favourite books of all times is The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. R. Tolkien. 
And it's a trilogy. And one book is called The Fellowship of the Ring. And it tells a story of nine very different individuals who were given this impossible task, seemingly. I wonder sometimes if that's how we feel on an impossible task. But I want to read to you this morning from Acts chapter 2. And I want to read to you about the early church and how that started. And there's some verses here, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. And it's called The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The early church, therefore, we can see shared everything. They spent time together. They spent time in fellowship with each other. And the Greek word used in the scriptures for fellowship is a word called koinonia. Now, there's not a brilliant translation for koinonia into English. But a great way of summing up what koinonia means is, And this is some of the things that we would love our fellowship and the fellowship of all churches to share. That we share a common ground or a common belief. We share a common love for Jesus. That we share and bring something of what we have to benefit others. I'm not talking here just about our possessions, but that we share our lives We contribute ourselves, our gifts, our time. We share in participating. We get involved, we rock up and we share in a common bond of belonging. We love to be joined together and we love to be united. Sharing is about fellowship. Now that might sound all very wishy-washy. But when I was 17, I didn't know the Lord and I started going out with Tammy and Tammy's parents and Tammy went to church every Sunday morning to the United Reformed Church down on Ipswich Road. And the deal was that if I stayed with Tammy on a Saturday night, I had to stay up in the uh, loft, by the way, it was a converted loft, but it wasn't much of a, it wasn't much of a conversion, I have to say. But I would have to stay up in the loft so that Tammy's dad would hear me come down the very rickety loft stairs. So I stayed up in the loft and the deal was if I stayed over on a Saturday night, I had to go to church on a Sunday morning. That was the deal. And I hated it. I hated it. I was being forced to go. I was being made to go somewhere. I didn't see the point. It was irrelevant for me. But I went because I loved Tammy and I wanted to see her. And I would count the hats. 
I would do anything but listen to what was going on. I was deliberately not going to get involved. I was not going to share in what they had. But I, but I tell you what, after months of this, I began to realise there was something different about these people. There was something special they had that I didn't have. And when I wasn't there, I started to miss it, which is really weird. And these people weren't like me, but there was something attractive about them. Then I started to go willingly. I started to go because I wanted to be there. I wanted to be with these people. I started to ask questions. I went to Bible studies. I went to fellowship groups. This was the kid that didn't know anything, that questioned everything and gave everyone a really hard time about it too. I wasn't quite quiet. I was quite openly questioning. Sharing can make a difference. Sharing in that church, sharing the love they had for each other impacted on me. Enough that it attracted me in. I wanted to know more. The world needs to see churches that share the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. For us, we want to see us being devoted to learning together, to praying together, to worshipping together, to doing life together. Where we're looking out for one another and no one goes without. Where sharing doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning, but sharing happens during the week too. I put it like this, the world is dying to see our sharing. But sharing also happens outward. It's not just about what we do in our little holy huddle, but it has to happen outwards. The Great Commission, Matthew 28 to 18, Jesus' last words in the Gospel of Matthew, he says this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I have commanded you. I've got some interesting statistics for you. I quite like numbers. I can't add up or remember things, but I do like numbers. Within a 20-minute drive of us, we've used some very clever software that looks at how long it takes you to drive places. Within a 20-minute drive of us, there are 600,000 people living within a 20-minute drive of us. Now, I've kind of done a rough finger in the air. Let's say 50,000 of those 600,000 were believers. They knew they were saved. They were in love with Jesus. That leaves 550,000 people within a 20-minute drive of us that don't know the love of God. That's quite a large number. I'm not going to count how many there are of us, but my basic math said if there were 10 of us in the room, that's 50,000 each. 50,000 each. And yet what does Jesus say to us? Go. Go and make disciples. And I may not be able to reach the 50,000 or the 550,000, but I can reach the one. And then the next one. And I can share 
the love of God and I can share my faith. And let's be really clear, we are given all authority to do this. Jesus gives us authority to share our faith. So we have nothing to fear, we have nothing to worry about. You may not say, well, I'm not commissioned. No, 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 Jesus commissions us to go and make disciples. So we need to share inwards and we need to share outwards. And not only share our faith, but also share our love outside of the church. And finally, we come on to belong. We've already mentioned in 2019, we were blessed to leave a church. We left well. And we've talked about starting, wanting to start a church in Easter 2020. And then COVID came. And for us, it was the worst time possible. Not only was COVID and the lockdown tough, but we weren't in a church anymore. We weren't able to meet on a Sunday anymore. And being outside of the fellowship of a church was tough. We felt alone. We felt isolated. And I'm sure that wasn't just true of us. I'm sure that's true of many who wondered what church would look like during COVID. Now, we were fortunate. We have technology and we could use it and we joined online churches. But it wasn't quite the same. It wasn't quite the same. We want people who journey on faith and who journey with us in authentic to feel like they belong and they have a purpose. Firstly, we belong together. 1 Corinthians 12 teaches us this. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. And so the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The Bible makes it clear. We belong together. We belong together. We each have a role to play and that role is unique to you and only you can perform it. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need you. Now I might be a bit of a mouth but I'm definitely not the best hand and I'm definitely not the best foot. I need you. We need each other. We cannot do this journey of faith on our own. Covid has shown us that. We need to belong. But secondly, belonging isn't just about belonging as a fellowship. Belonging is about we belong to God. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Jesus continued in John chapter 10, says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them 
eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. So we absolutely belong together and we absolutely belong to God. So if someone came to this church and filled in the church trip advisor, these are the three words we would love to hear them say. They loved God and they loved each other. I felt loved and they love well. Share. They shared with me of themselves. They shared their faith in a real and authentic way and belong. There was such a sense of belonging. I felt at home, accepted, welcomed, and I knew I belonged to God.